Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Good afternoon. Welcome in. Sports Radio WEEI. It's me, Arkand, here, which means it's the holidays. Hi, everybody. Nice to have you with us here today. Uh, joining me, not in studio, but on remote, your friend and mine, uh, Nick Fitzy Stevens. Fitzy, hello. What's up there, Arkand? How are you feeling is. today, guy? I'm feeling great. And you know what? I'm really happy I get to work with you, Fitzy, because I don't know if you remember this. <clears throat> this was years ago. You and I worked for FanCred. You remember that? Oh, they still owe me $3,000. They owe me the 1500 actually, yeah. But uh, So we were doing a show on there, and I was really excited to work with you because I was such a big fan of Pocket Money. Pocket Money was like my favorite show. Did I ever tell you that? Like, I was a huge Pocket Money guy. Like, Wait, really, You're really. You're the guy? It. I'm the guy. You're him? This is New England. The this is the best, this is the the best show on this sports world. Home of the race, the monster, and the truth. But how much do you know about how the much do you know? sports teams, athletes, and history? It's time... To put you to the test, New England. All right, stop it there, Justin. For wow, those who don't know what I'm talking holy about. Holy throwback Thursday, Arkan. I cannot believe that. I have not been trolled by that in over a decade. I, I'm not trolling you. I honestly love the show. If you hadn't watched the show, for our younger viewers out there, Pocket Money was a show on Nesson where Fitzy would basically like jump out from behind a bush and like <laughs> demand people answer his questions. And then he'd give them money. And it's just, you know, 20 bucks or something. But it was a great show. And I think it should still be on TV right now, honestly. I was very upset when they canceled that show. It was, well, I am glad to finally meet the fan. You're the guy who actually wrote to Uncle Nesson and said, hey, keep pocket money on. Uh, it was kind of like, you know what it was like? It was like Billy on the street, but with trivia for Boston sports super fans. Yeah. And let me tell you, on the spot, you know, the diehards, the Fenway faithful, the Foxborough fanimals, they knew nothing about their teams. <laughs> really? What you saw was the best of the best. If you ever wanted to spend a night with a six-pack in the cutting room floor at Old Harbor Productions where we put it together, holy smokes. Man, people like put on the spot on the street. Damn, man. They f they forgot them some serious sports, but I had a blast doing it. But uh Did you have like pocket money it. groupies? I bet you did. No, not so much. I bet he did. He's lying. He's being, no. he's being humble here. My favorite episode was when you went to Yankee Spirits and got on the phone and like did the announcements over the PA system. Like that was that was the best one. That was my favorite one. I, I oh, have them so all saved fun, on man. my DVR. I don't, Attention, people. Uh, yeah, Yankee there we go. <laughs> and then the cashier ended up getting it right. <laughs> and she did, which was awesome. I was so happy to finally give Betty Betty Yankee Spirits in uh, Sturbridge. A little pocket cash. And I'm so glad you actually started the show off by saying that. Not because it's nice to hear something about something I did a long time ago. But I have been searching through and sifting through the morass and the negativity of everything Boston sports over the past 48 hours. Yeah. And I couldn't find, I could not divine a single note of positivity to try to bring to the table or start the show with. So thank you for at least getting in the throwback Thursday machine for a laugh. That's good. Yeah. I mean, we have, we have four hours here. You and I only have about two and change, but uh, I got four hours here and I know Oh, it's going to be one of those shows where 
you know, we, we there's not much good to say about either the Celtics or the Patriots. It's going to be a heavy Celtics and Patriots show today, folks, just in case you were wondering. And uh, with the Patriots, it's like civil war right now. And with the Celtics, I mean, you saw that game last night. That was that was horrific. <laughs> that first half was about as bad as I've seen this team play. And after that big hot start they went on, Fitzy, I'm starting mm-hmm. to wonder if maybe not like last year in reverse, because you remember they sucked to start last year right. and then got really hot. Like I don't think it's that, but this is something. Like what what's going on here? Hey, are you are you like me in that like every time now, like it's trending in this direction for me that like every time I see Joe Missoula standing on the sidelines, not calling a timeout, just letting, you know, he's the reverse of a helicopter parent as far as like an <laughs> NBA coach goes. Like he's letting the children sort it out on the playground. Like, no, 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 they'll, they'll figure out like, well, yeah, but they're also like all a bunch of like super tall athletic children. Like you got to let you got to step in every now and again and help them out. But like I've gone from respecting Missoula's style of letting the kids sort it out on the playground while he stands on the sideline, not calling a timeout, chewing gum to like now when I see that it's borderline getting triggering. Like it's starting to like piss me off a little bit because it's like, Joe, you can't let them go on a 20 to nothing run here, guy. Like you're going to have like 10, 12, 13. Like it's getting out of hand. Like your team, which everyone has pegged as an NBA finals front runner, is down 30 points at home in the middle of a pre-holiday second quarter coming off of two torpid efforts against, of all teams, the Orlando Magic. Someone needs to step in and be the adult in the room. And I don't know who I don't know who it's going to be, but it's starting to actually it's starting to give me a little red eye. Yeah, uh, Joe Missoula's anti timeout legislation I feel like was great against the Lakers. You know, he's against the yeah. Lakers. Uh, let them figure it out. They figured it out. Came back and won the game, even though they blew a thirty point lead or whatever it was uh, in the third quarter there. But they did eventually come back. Right. And I feel like since then. Well, really, it started before then. It started with the Warriors, and if you want to go back a little further, it really started with that second Heat game. Uh, This team Mm. defensively has dropped off a lot, and their shooting was untenable through the first 25 games. Like, it was great seeing them shoot the lights out every night, but no team can shoot like that every night. Like, I feel like Celtics fans should have expected maybe a little bit more of what we're seeing now because that what they were doing to start the year no team can do that for more than a more than a couple of weeks you know like that was there's no way that could have gone on any longer but now what we're seeing and what I'm really worried about what sort of gets me thinking that maybe this could be more of a uh, of a problem is that all the things we really liked about them to start off I feel like we can't really hang our hat on anymore the defense has fallen off the shooting's not as good mm-hmm. the depth I feel like is really mm-hmm taken a hit and those were the three main things about this team that everyone was trumpeting to start the year so once all that kind of falls out and you're just sort of looking at them in the in the scope of the like look at the standings the nets are right behind them they're not the best team in the nba anymore the nets are like two games back things Mm -hmm. are things are starting to get serious here yeah, the Nets are trending in the right direction, and Durant is quietly entering the MVP conversation right now with the way that he's been playing. And the Nets have sorted things out. They've gotten through the Kyrie mess, and they're playing fundamentally sound basketball. I don't think we've seen the best of what the Nets could be over the past two seasons. And the Celtics' schedule is about to stiffen up a little bit. And I wonder, I just wonder a little bit, did they not get hot early on, and did they not fatten up a little bit on a schedule that was uh, that was more favorable to them? And it even had a favorable stretch here with Orlando, Orlando Pacers. Yeah, you got to go two and one at worst in that, if not sweep those guys out before the lumber of the schedule starting on Christmas Day steps in. There's two ways to me, Arkan. You can look at this right now with what's going on with the Celtics. You can either look at it as a Joe Missoula 
sort of like as an AI, if you will, as a coach, needs to allow himself more efforts like this so he can learn how to handle the guys, figure out how to coach an NBA team, and teach him, teach himself along the way what works and doesn't work for handling these grown men on the floor. Or you can look at it as B, the bad tendencies pre-Eme getting the ship righted halfway through last season are rearing their head again, and now there's a chance the Celtics, I won't say can spiral out of control, but these bad habits won't just become flare-ups they'll become more the trend than the norm and that's going to get you beat time and again against the best teams in the nba you know it's annoying and i i, I hate that everyone did this joe Missoula after like five games everyone yeah. was like wow this guy's awesome wow this guy really knows what he's doing this guy's really got a, a hand on this job the team is so pleased with joe Missoula, and i'm like five games in it's like why what are you so pleased right. with? What's there to really be that jazzed about? He didn't do anything. He hasn't done anything. He's standing there. And, like, not to go there, but, you know, Steve Kerr was out for a year. And uh, what's his name? Walton's kid comes in and coached that team to the best record they've ever had. So I'm sorry if I don't think that maybe the coach is, uh, you know, so great or such a detriment. I think that, you know, there's certain things that can happen that you look at and say, well, wait a minute. You've got to call a timeout. I mean, that's a, that's a basic one there. But in terms of, like, the X's and O's and all this other stuff, like, I don't know about all that. Like, I think that I think that Missoula is a rookie head coach, and he looks like a rookie head coach. You know, it wasn't it wasn't the plan for him to be the head coach this year, and it kind of looks like that. Even though they played well, and even though they were winning, I think that you can sort of take that away. He's he's new at this job, and he's still very much figuring it out. The team around him knows what they're doing. I'm not sure that he does. No, and and I'd like to also take everyone back to a couple months ago when the Celtics were the like the DraftKings fan duel sexy pick to be an NBA finalist right. if not win the title. That was also when Ime Odoka was going to be coaching in his second season and people were expecting a pick himself and his team up off the floor, learn from what they did in the finals when they had a chance in game four and damn it, I paid a lot of money to be at that game <laughs> and they would figure things out and turn it around plus also to your depth and bench issues that you brought up a minute ago, they also had like a 40% a three-point shooter off the bench in the name of Danilo Gallinari, who was supposed to provide that extra spark or when you need someone to step up, hit a couple of big buckets and maybe bring about like, you know, cease the, the hot streak the other team is on. They don't have that guy right now. They haven't replaced him, which means they're going to have to make a move for a guy like that because we can clearly see they need one other shooter to come off the bench. The number is 617-779-7937. We're off and running here talking Celtics this first hour as they lose again. And uh, really a game that wasn't competitive until the very, very end when they made a big comeback. We'll get into that game. We'll hear from Jason Tatum, Joe Mazzula, and a couple other guys who some troubling comments after the game. And you know what? Fans weren't happy either. We'll get to all of that uh, with your phone calls next. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Here's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com, brought to you by Burlington Lumber. The Patriots are three-point underdogs hosting the Bengals on Saturday, 1 p.m. kickoff. Devontae Parker, Jalen Mills, and Joe Cardona did not practice, while Jacoby Myers, Jack Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris, Jonathan Jones, and Tyquan Thornton were all limited. On the Bengals' side, D.E. Sam Hubbard, did not practice while an additional eight Bengals were limited. And just coming through now, former Red Sox Jeter Downs was claimed by the Washington Nationals, according to Ian Brown. The Celtics lost to the Pacers 117-112 to 112 last night. They host the Timberwolves tomorrow night. The Seas totaled just 43 first-half points as they have now lost three consecutive games in five of their last six. The Bruins host the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Puck drop at 7 p.m. with the Winter Classic coming up at Fenway on January 2nd. Contractors, Burlington Lumber has everything you need to make your next project a success with a full line of building materials, 
like Trust Joist, engineered wood by Weyerhauser, and its fully appointed kitchen showroom, Burlington Lumber has what you need. Visit Burlington Lumber today on Middlesex Turnpike in Burlington. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, a third. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Oh, my goodness. First time for Joe to hear this. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. The Mac Jones theme song. Very nice. It's Christian Arkan, Fitzy Stevens here, Sports Radio, WEEI. Nice to uh, have you with us here today. What you just heard was the sound of the Celtics getting booed off the floor last night against the Indiana Pacers after a first half, which if you were at that game and you were booing, I don't blame you at all. I think I, I thought, Fitzy, and maybe you can uh, tell me I'm crazy, I thought I heard booing in that second Orlando game. I was watching mm-hmm. that game at home, and I, I'm one of those people that I need to have the volume up like really loud all the time. My wife's favorite thing to say to me is, can you please turn that down no matter what it is? I'm, all, I'm constantly turning things down in my house. But I had the, uh, the TV up real loud watching the Orlando game, and I thought I heard booing then. You definitely heard it right there. Uh, Patriots fans are fed up. Uh, Patriots fans. How about Celtics fans are fed up with this? And I, uh, I detect no lies in your statement. They should be. I mean, they really, they really should be. This is, this is horrific what we're seeing from the Celtics right now. Oh, you know, and, and Arkan, I, I just want to speak to the entire notion since, you know, trying to like represent or speak as like a super fan in town is kind of like the lane I, I traffic here at the station. You have every right to boo at a game if you want to. You are a fan. It is short for fanatic. You are fanatical about your team. You live and you eat and you breathe and you sleep and you die and you celebrate over your team's successes, trappings, failures, misgivings, and 30 point deficits in the second quarter so if you're unhappy with the effort they're putting forth don't just cheer them this isn't generation participation trophy where it's like yay good job good effort guys let them know that you think they're playing like a pile of hot trash and they need to do better i know they know that as well but like it doesn't mean that you don't support or love or appreciate the effort of the team or the franchise or the banners just because you're letting them know you're pissed off at a his poor effort. Yeah, now the problem with that, Fitzy, I agree with you, but the problem with that is there's a lot of people from the generation, whatever you just said there, on this team right now, including their best player, Jason Tatum. Here's what he said about the boy. I mean, yeah, you you, you want to win every game. Um, and, you know, some things we got changed, some things we got to work on. Um, but, you know, 22 and 10, 32 games. Uh we got 50 left. Uh, that was some quick math. I went to Duke. Uh, and you got 50 games left, man. It sucks. 
you know, we got booed. You never want to do that, uh, you know, rightfully so. But it's all about how we bounce back. There's literally nothing we could do right now to change what happened. Uh, so you got to get ready for the next one. All right. First of all, do you believe him when he's like dealing with the booze like it's no big deal? Like this is a guy this is a guy who's very aware of like his Q rating and his two mm-hmm. K rating and you know, if his first all team, first NBA, all those other things. He knows it's not great for his brand getting booed like that. Do you sort of believe that it's not really bothering him? No, I don't believe I don't believe, believe it at all. As a matter of fact, there have been a number of people, uh, media and fan alike, Arcan, who have said that the pa- excuse me. Let's see, You're doing it too. Negative <laughs> Patriots just, just it's like talk about a Freudian slip. <laughs> yeah. you know, we're gonna have to call it a Belichickian slip or or a patrician slip, if you will. <laughs> but there are a lot of people that have accused the Celtics of kind of being front runners. Yeah, and 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 like them reacting negatively or like being upset or sensitive to the idea that their fans let them know that the effort last night was unacceptable. Uh, whether it was because they paid all that money or because they expect better or they just want to like try to light a fire under the Celtics, like come on. You like you should you should come out and go like you know what if I was you I would boo too because there's no way we should be down thirty points to a team in the second quarter that we're three times as talented as yeah and again I mean this is a team that's a little sensitive <laughs> like they don't like it when people uh, talk down to them they don't like when people criticize them and they definitely don't like when uh, the fans are booing I mean I know I know that they don't like that Jalen Brown you know took it personally with the Kevin Durant stuff he was putting all that passive aggressive stuff on Instagram it's it's one of those things where you have to sort of live with it and they know they have to live with it but I wonder this is the first piece of adversity that this year's team has had to really see is it gonna is it gonna go well for them because last year the adversity went on for like two months and then they figured it out and didn't lose again until game four when you were there uh, the NBA finals so like you know, I just sort of wonder if this is going to throw them off track or not. Have they learned from last year? Have they have they figured out how to have thicker skin with this sort of thing? Because if not, this could really be the start of a bigger problem here. This could be, especially considering who they're going to have to play in the games that they have coming up on the yeah. schedule as well. Yeah. No, I mean, look, you can dip into your well and bag of cliches, tough times don't last, tough people do, and all that other garbage. None of that, and play all the motivational speeches from Rocky Balboa and Al Pacino and every other sports movie that you want. Fact of the matter is they just need to clean up the little basic, simple things that they're not doing well that uh, in addition to their, you know, here we go with another cliche, generational talent, like with Jalen Brown and Jason. Tatum. That was impressive. It was three in one. I, I snuck them all in there. <laughs> I, had, I had to check those boxes before three o'clock. I'm yeah. sure there's a sponsor that's thrilled with what I just did. Like you get all that stuff taken care. You get all that stuff taken care of. Button up the little things and then the rest will take care of itself. They have enough talent to keep up with anybody in the league. That's that's not the issue. But like I said, um, earlier on in the start of the show like they need to write the they need to fix these things now otherwise these will become habits again and then joe missoula who's 34 and has barely coached period let alone in the nba i mean he's 34 he's 32 games in now as well to his nba coaching career they need to fix these little things now before they become habit, and next thing you know, they're staring up at the Nets. Yeah, we'll hear Bucks. We'll hear some of these Joe Missoula cuts in a second. There's one more Tatum cut I want to play, and then we'll go to your phones. I promise. Uh, number two, uh, Turpin. We just need to win this one. Listen to what he says at, at the end here. Oh uh, man, uh, you know, I think we just need to win. We need to win, uh, and uh, you know, we. We have fun together off the court. You know, we bond. This is a close group. Uh, we just having a tough stretch. You know, I've had a tough stretch every year since I've been in the NBA, and this is no different. Uh, but, you know, we got 
we got to figure it out. We got to regroup. We got to get back on track, um, essentially. All right, you stop right there. When he says we've had tough stretches every year and this one's no different, I started thinking about, like, the mm. previous years and the tough stretches and what they were like, like the Kyrie year, <laughs> like, you know, the Ugh. year after that, and some of those stretches and, wow, how difficult they really were. And he's like, and this one's no different. And I'm like... I think this one is different. Like, I feel like this is different because this year you're the favorite. You know, this year yep. there's a lot that's expected of you. This year you came out like a house on fire and were the NBA uh, champion odds favorites in Vegas and like all these other things. And now here we are right around the quarter mark of the season and it's starting to sputter a little bit. This is different. I think this is different. The expectations make it different. This team is also more talented than that team in yeah. 2019 with Kyrie that we wanted to just see put down at the end of the season. Like, we couldn't wait for that team to get mopped off of the floor because they were a miserable watch. This team is way more talented than they're playing. Maybe they're not as good as the team that had everyone already punching their ticket to the finals in June a few weeks ago, but they're certainly better than they are right, they are right now. I, I just wonder, where, where, where's, like, the on-floor toughness going to come from? Because I always think back, and, of course, any one of us could wish that a guy like Kevin Garnett could magically appear and rip the team a new blank hole <laughs> anytime that they have a tough time or that they're in need of, like, a motivational speech or, like, a writing or a reckoning. Uh, I'd settle for Tony Allen at this point. Fine. I, w yeah, I would, too. I'd settle for Paul Pierce on his Friday Night Live Instagram. I don't care. Doesn't matter. Like, somebody needs to come in and tell them the way it's done. But they should know this by now. Haven't they learned by going right up to the edge, seeing how great things could have been, seeing how great things were, and then faltering? Don't they want, like, I would think the want to get back to where they were and also prove their coach, who did them dirty in the offseason, I would think that they would want to prove to all those people that it, they're not just a, a product of what Ime Odoka had them do last season. Yeah. Did you ever watch that uh, that Lakers show on HBO? The every winning single time? episode, despite everything that every Celtics fan told me to do, yes. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. But, I, you know, I never knew that about uh, the, the first guy, I forget his name now, but the coach who fell off the bike. Uh, who oh, was the one the, the, like the the genius, yeah. Who yeah, like, Jack? Fell off his uh, yeah. Jack, what's his name? I, I didn't realize that because everybody uh, associates Showtime with Pat Riley, right? They mm. assume that he invented it. They assume it's his thing, and it's not. I mean, this other guy invented it. Then he fell off his bike and scrambled his brain, and right. Riley had to come in and coach the team after that. Or it wasn't even him first; it was West. And Riley first. was a guy who could barely even get on because Chick Hearn was stealing all the analysis time. It's almost you know it's sort of like Arkan. It's like the Shanahan offense is actually like the zone running scheme. It's not actually his. It's Alex Gibbs. Yeah, right. Uh, Jack McKinney was the guy's name, by the way. Jack McKinney. Uh, who was a disciple, I think, of Dr. Jack and uh, sort of brought that Portland offense over mm -hmm. to the Lakers. And then once it was implemented, anybody could run it. I mean, that's sort mm -hmm. of right. Like, you know, after that, no matter if Westfall was the coach and then you had Riley and all these other guys, they all ran it. The players were all great. And they ended up winning all those championships and being this dynasty. The guy who invented it, the poor schmuck, is, you know, uh, in the hospital. I sort of feel like there's a similar thing here. Like, whatever Ime Udoka did and instilled in this team last year mm -hmm. carried over into this season. It is starting to come apart a little bit, and I do yeah. wonder if they needed a strong personality, a coach, like they had last year, to put things back right when they were. Like, that, I think, is going to yep. be Missoula's biggest challenge here. Can he do what Udoka did last year? In the basketball sense I'm talking about, of course, can he do that uh, when things are going poorly? Because Ime had a tremendous talent for that last year. Yes, he did. And that's a great point because now th this will set up a stretch where we will get to know what kind of head coach and what the head coaching style, besides not calling timeouts, Joe Missoula is and what he's made of. Like, there's no way to, aside from like, yeah, he was like the video guy and he was like the spot, like, uh, 
the Spolstra to Tatum. Like Tatum loved him and he wanted him. So he was handpicked in a lot of ways by Tatum and organizationally. Like he was a favorite of Smart and all those guys. That's great. What is his head coaching style, though? Mm. Like we knew what Odoka, we got to know what Odoka's was over the course of the season. And the Celtics last year were playing some of the best basketball you had ever seen. Minus the, you know, Street Fighter 2 video game style of the Pistons in the late 80s and the early 90s. Like, their defense was tremendous last year. Did you notice also, too, this season began, Arcand with some sloppy defense? The Celtics were just shooting the lights out against all these teams? Yeah, definitely. Um, that, was, uh, that, was, that was a real thing for sure. Uh, one other thing about that Lakers show. Yeah. Uh, Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. A lot of sex in that show. A lot of <laughs> lot of lot of sex with a lot, the girls a lot of drugs show. in that show as goes well. yeah the dr- drugs he's like in the in the brothel like there was, it was magic was and I know that's sort of his story anyway but to see it come to life on the big screen that way I got a buddy was, who's uh, actually going to play Rudy moment, Tom Jonovich you know? in season two is that right um, yeah 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 cool. a buddy of mine Chet an actor in New York is going to be playing Rudy Tom Jonovich in the second season um oh is he going to get it, punched by Kermit Washington. <laughs> I is that going to be the same? Spoiler it's alert! Be a brutal but, flashback sequence yeah. to film. I've often thought, you know, like if, playing like one of these little like, well, it's a holiday radio show type of game. But like, if you could go back in time and have drinks with like one person, if I were to say like, okay, you could pick one owner in sports you would want to go back and have drinks or party with, how would Doctor Bus not be the guy? Because man, he lived that life out loud. Yeah. In L.A. in the 70s. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the time to be doing that for sure. Um, the number six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you would like to uh, call and talk some Celtics, what we're doing here this hour. Um, that Warriors game on the on the road trip, Fitzy, mm. you can trace it right back to there. It was the first loss of the road trip, and they haven't really looked the same since then. The Warriors may have a... Uh, I don't know, some kind of some kind of hold on this team. It, it mm-hmm. seems like because that they, they started. I wouldn't say it started there. Like they there was some cracks in the armor before that, but that's when it really started to unravel. And it hasn't. They haven't gotten back on track yet. Um, what is it that the what is it though that Golden State like has? It, and it wasn't just like fluky shots that went in in that game a couple right. Saturdays ago. Like Golden State legitimately was just much better. And the Celtics. It was the first time Arcan all season that I saw the Celtics revert to hero ball. The same stuff that did them in in the bubble against Miami. One of their bad tendencies, just like pass, pass, three. Pass, 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 30-foot three. Yeah. Like it, was ba- it wasn't good basketball at all, and I don't care how well you're shooting that night. You're not going to win. You may, you may win that night. You're not going to win long-term when you play like that. Yeah, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Let's get to the phones here. Get to your Celtics calls. Darren is up in Maine. Oh, my favorite state. What's up, Darren? How you doing? Good. How about you? Doing great, Darren. Can you turn your radio down, please, sir? Okay, I did. A um, couple questions about the Celtics. Lay it on me, Slick. When is the next Celtics game? <laughs> next Celtics game is... Uh, do you have that back there, Bridget? When's the next game? Friday? Friday against uh, Minnesota? Okay, it's yeah. tomorrow. It's tomorrow Friday against against the Timber- tomorrow night. Right, yeah, that's yep. tomorrow. Right. Are they going to win? Of course they're going to win. Good. Thanks for the call. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's apparently Darren, who is standing outside of the FanDuel Casino up in uh, beautiful Kittery, Maine. Can I tell you, that was the best call from Maine that either radio station has ever gotten. That was the most <laughs> cohesive and coherent uh, Maine phone call there's ever been. Uh, is it me or are all the Maine phone calls like just like they know a sp- they know a speed that we can't possibly tolerate down here in Massachusetts? Or hey, and the missus were just wondering when the next game was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could you tell us maybe? Are they going to win that game there? Yeah. Okay. Well, they only have dial-up. <laughs> up there i understand that's right uh michael is in framingham hi michael hey thanks guys hey there's 
so many things wrong with the Celtics and the coaching. Number one, uh, from the beginning of the year, as you noted, they haven't played defense. They have no defensive scheme. They don't come out uh, to challenge people. They don't play well on the pick and roll. They get beat consistently in defense. Uh, number two, if you listen to Scalabrini and he knows the game, you know, they're doing a lot of wrong. In eh, terms debatable of there, Michael, but okay. Well, okay. <laughs> they have a lot of things wrong in not, in, not, in not running an offense where somebody gets inside, they kick it outside, they get inside points as well as points. So the, their offense is falling apart. Number three, I think all Michael, the- your phone's breaking up, so I'm going to drop you, but thanks for, uh, mm-hmm. thanks for calling in. You got two points out there. They're both pretty good, okay. even though you're complimenting Scal, which we don't do that around here. Um, uh, just kidding. We have him on. Actually, we have Scal on once a week. That's a new uh, thing in the afternoons. We have Scal on now. He uh, joined us yesterday, and he, I was interviewing Fitzy, and he didn't. I asked the question. He didn't know who I was, and he was referring to something I said, and he goes, as the other gentleman said. <laughs> the other gentleman. <laughs> so now I'm other gentleman whenever Scal calls. Mego and the other gentleman. My guy, Scal. Other, other gentleman here i just have one more follow-up if you would <laughs> uh, so uh yeah scal um scal was the one who actually put it in my head about the uh about the problem starting earlier than the golden state game and i think he's right yep. about that mm-hmm. um the uh the offense there the, the miami heat i think sort of figured out not how to stop the offense but how to at least slow it down how to meet guys in in the mid-range and sort of cut off their pass to the basket force them to do kickouts and then rotate over was basically what he was saying and uh it's been working you know if you're the type of defense that can play in the perimeter like that like the warriors are like uh the clippers are they got those two great uh, defensive wings there you know you can yep. you can defend this team and i think there's some tape out on them i wonder if missoula is creative enough to adjust to it yeah, and as far as the Celtics' defense itself goes, like if you go back and just even jump to YouTube and watch the 10-minute comp reel, like the cut-up of last night's game, you'll see Time Lord getting kind of punked and faked out a yeah. ton up at the, like Robert Williams did not have a great start to the game as well, especially no one had a good second quarter. I mean, my God, the Celtics were down by 29 points. Um, he They're just not quite as sharp overall, but he, who is being one of the best defenders in the NBA, he's just not like right back to that level he was last February, last March, last April, where nobody could get anything by him as well. And as far as their, as far as the offense goes, like when the Celtics aren't right, they fall back, like we said, A, on the hero ball threes, and B, like, well, we've got Tatum and Brown. They'll figure it out. Like someone else actually needs to contribute. Someone else actually needs to be that third man. Brogdon was a couple of times as yeah. well, but he's not supposed to be that great. He's not supposed to be 22, 8, and 7, you know, 82 games out of the year. Those are outrageous expectations. Brendan is in Springfield before we uh, go to break here. Go ahead, Brendan. What's up, boys? What's up, Brendan? Speaking of scouts, I actually talked, <laughs> talked to him this morning, and I uh, I said the same thing. Ooh, Brendan, talking to scouts. Wow. Oh, don't worry. It was just serious XM. It's not oh. like I know him. <laughs> not like you. I thought that was like a big-time <laughs> humble break. I don't know. He doesn't yeah. even know my name. He calls me Other Gentleman. He calls him the Other Gentleman. He's T.O.G. Probably knows your name better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I said it's, it looks like Hero Ball. It looks like the beginning of last year, and yeah. he disagreed with that. But it's it, earlier, the guys were cutting. Even Derek White was cutting, dishing out to the open man. The extra pass happened, and now it's just sticking. I um. I'm not sure what that is. Is that Missoula? What do you What do you guys think is going on? Um, I don't know. I know that uh, when Ime got here last year, you remember when he did this, Fitz? He turned to Brad Stevens and he goes, this team doesn't pass the ball well. we got to get up from 27th in assists. And he said it right to Stevens' face, like, what the hell are you doing? And uh, I remember thinking, wow, that was kind of bold to say that to your boss. But I also remember thinking, he's right. He's absolutely yeah. right. 
And last year, they did start sharing the ball more, and they did start uh, really running a more cohesive, uh, pass-friendly offense, and you and you saw that. I mean, they have two yes. great individual one-on-one players, but now they have enough else in that rotation that you can really uh, you can rely on a lot of different people if you need to, but you should, in and, theory, and there, anyway. And is there a greater representation of that point than Game 1 on Easter Sunday against the Brooklyn Nets? The final play. Everyone would have expected that Marcus Smart would have taken that final shot, probably missed, and the Celtics lose an absolute soul puncher on the day that Christ rises. And instead, (laughs) there's a miracle, and Marcus Smart actually finds Tatum, who spins off that lazy D from Kyrie, gets the layup, and the Celtics win a miraculous game. Like That, to me, was everything that Ime Udoka basketball was all about. I, I don't know. like Who's the mentor? Like We all knew that like Greg Popovich was the mentor to Ime Udoka, at least on the basketball floor. Um, who's like, what is, what, what, who are the tenants? Like, who are the heroes of Missoula and what is he going to look to? Like Bob Huggins? Uh, Damon Stoudemire's on the staff, right? Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's the only other guy I can think of, but yeah, yeah. I, I'd imagine that's, uh, that's something he's going to have to cultivate. It's a thing he's going to, it's a challenge for him, uh, right. this season, just like, just like everybody else. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. It's Arcane and Fitzy. We're right back. Sports original. Yeah, not really concerned about that in the sense of it's. I think it's the first half that we've had where we really got outplayed from an effort standpoint. And so um, I would be more concerning if we didn't play a completely different style in the second half. And so we just have a choice to make. What team do we want to be? The team that was the first half or the team that was the second half? Sports Radio WEEI. Celtics head coach Joe Mazzula after the game. Celtics lost to the Pacers last night in a game that looked like it was close if you just saw the box score, but if you watched it like I did, it was really torturous. I mean, Ugh. that first half in particular was uh, was just awful. I mean, the Pacers, that Halliburton kid's got the ugliest jump shot I've ever seen. Sean yep. Marion-esque uh, ugly. And the friggin' thing goes in every single time. The net barely moves when that kid shoots. And mm-hmm. I've I, the ugliest shot I've ever seen. Yeah. He's got well. I mean, I don't forget like Al Al Horford. Al Horford's flat foot step step and repeat three is also pretty nasty as well. Yeah, have you ever but, seen Bill Cartwright shoot a free throw? You remember how he used to shoot? No, the great Bill Cartwright, the old center for the Bulls. For the Bulls, yeah. It, it no. watch his free throws sometime. The worst worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Uh, Shaq's free throws looked smoother than that. And even both of those guys look better than Tyrese Halliburton. And yet, this guy, I mean, he pulls up from 40 feet, and he's hitting these threes. Uh, really, Was it him who hit the one at the end of the third? Um, I want to say, yeah, I think so. But yeah, no, I can't remember. The one where he didn't call glass, it was running, it was over on the uh, to the left side, and about a 32-footer, he just leapt up into, almost into the no, face. No, that was another solid. one of their forwards. Oh, it was okay. All right, thank thank that you. That was uh, yeah, that was Dwart. The uh, he was uh, he was a rookie last year, I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty good player. When, too. When it's one of those kind of nights when like shots like that are falling for them. It's like the game that the Celtics lost in the finals, uh, where at the end of the third quarter the Celtics were mounting a comeback, and then Poole takes a forty footer and it doesn't <laughs> call glass and it goes in, and you're just like, it's just one of those nights. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a bad night when Aaron Neesmith outplays Jalen Brown. I think you oh can, I think you can uh, chalk that one up to just the it's not your night tonight. But, Forever known as Neesmith's revenge. I know. I looked at the box and I'm like, guy, where were you with 15 for us? If I you know. could have given us 15 off the bench every other night, you'd probably still be in a Celtics uniform. I, you know, I'm not upset that they traded him because I like what the trade was and I like that sure. they have Brogdon now. And I don't mind they traded Langford for White either last year. Mm-hmm. But I also sort of look at these two guys, Brown and Tatum. 
they're going to have to play a lot of minutes because there's no other wings on this team. Like Grant Williams nope. is the next wing off the bench, yeah. and after that, what is it, Sam Hauser? Like that's it. Yep. Like that's that's not that doesn't make you feel good. Not that those guys were great either. Langford and Eastmith weren't great either, but. They could probably give those guys a bit of a break this year. There's nobody now. Spell them for eight minutes. I mean, Jason Tatum, if Jason Tatum, put it this way, Celtics fans, if Jason Tatum is going to play 41 minutes a night, uh, I think he played 41 minutes and had 41 points last night, actually, correct? Yes. Um, So if he's going to have to play almost a complete game every night, then if they make it even to the Eastern Conference Finals, let alone to the NBA Finals, then you are going to see a husk of a Tatum again like you did at the tail end of the Golden State Finals where he was just so damn exhausted and so beat down by what Golden State did to him. He had absolutely nothing to offer, especially in Game 6. Like, you need you need another wing. That's why if Brad is serious that Wick told him, you have whatever means, whatever it takes to get back to it, we don't care about what money we have to spend, what assets we have to part ways with, then they're going to have to go out and get a wing, I would think, Arkan, sooner than later. Yeah, I would think so, too. The phone number six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Let's go to Sorja, who is in Mansfield. Hi, Sorja. What's going on, Arkan? What's going on, Fitzy? How, how are we doing? doing? What's Sorja, up? how are you? Happy holidays. You uh, you as well. So I think it like for the Celtics, it really comes down to this. You know, I happened to be at the finals game six last year. Not a brag, just a fact, but here's the thing. I really think it's championship or bust for these guys. And I don't say that lightly. Like, we need to at least make the finals, and it's it's that simple. You know, these regular season struggles, you know, I would have been much more comfortable if Ime was at the helm. And this is, I think, we're going to really see if Missoula can really coach or not because, you know, we're, we're going through a downstretch right now. We started so hot, so eventually this was going to happen. So I think we can weather the storm, but – Again, like I said, this is going to be a championship or bust, and if we cannot get to the championship at least, I think uh, ownership's going to have to blow up the uh, Tatum and Brown experiment. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, this is a do-or-die time for that, and Jalen Brown has played himself into a top-ten MVP candidate, so I'm not sure that's necessarily the move there. But you're in the NBA Finals last year. You're two games away from winning it. Anything short of winning the championship now is considered a step backwards. I mean, there's no there's no getting around that. That's, that's true. It's an unfortunate truth about teams with high expectations. And, Fitzy, we just talked about this. Mm-hmm. This Celtics team came into this season with sky-high championship or bust expectations. I don't think those went anywhere. They were the betting favorite. Yeah. And now they've regressed, obviously, so now they're not probably the betting favorite. And yeah, you can look like again, you can spin a lot of this a, a number of different ways because we're only 32 games into an 82 game schedule with 50 left on the slate and Missoula never having been an NBA coach before. You can look at it as, OK, it'll be good for them to have to get, you know, go through trial by fire and figure this out, face some adversity early on so they can sort of galvanize and come together. Or like we said, you can look at it as, wow, this guy really is above his pay grade and he's playing left field with a frying pan in his hand on roller skates. Like, this is going to be a problem. This could be potentially be a problem for these guys, and they're going to be exhausted, and they're going to be disappointed. And I think tomorrow night's game, uh, for everyone in Maine, once again, it's against the Timberwolves at home at 730. Yeah. But then Christmas Day against the Bucks. Like, there we go. There's going to be a real test because, yeah. lest we forget, it was a Chris Middleton-free Milwaukee Bucks yes. that the Celtics went a tooth-and-nail hammer-and-tong seven games against just a couple months ago. Absolutely right. And uh, Jimmy Butler, three, just being off. Uh, that <sighs> got him to the finals, too. Uh, I don't know why I'm doing this, but let's go back to Maine and talk to Mike the Hoops guy, uh, who's not worried. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> hey, hey, guys. Hello. Yeah, no, I hope, hope I can hope I can outperform the last caller from, uh, from the great. I doubt great it, but let's here. see um, what you got. 
listen, um, I'm not I'm not terribly worried. Now, I didn't see the first half of last night's game. I turned it on at the second half. And I, it was actually a really good second half, so I, I, maybe I'm a little more optimistic than most who watch the whole thing. But um, You I, saw I what the score was when you turned the game on, right, Mike? Like you saw that they were yeah, down no, like 35 I, I points. <laughs> they, were, they were down 30, but, yeah. you know, look, I, I, this is the NBA. It is a grind. It's a brutal, brutal schedule for these guys to play in the traveling circus every night. Um, you know, I've, I've got I've got some experience in in the business a bit, and all all you have to do is look at Golden State, right? If you look at Golden State, they've what they they beat the Celtics. They played incredibly well, and what have they lost three in a row? Two out. They've lost like four out of the last five. They're three hundred. They're three games below five hundred. I think this morning. Um, and I, this these teams, unfortunately for fans, have the ability to turn it on and turn it off. And I think the Celtics are just hitting a lull. To think about breaking up Brown and, and Tatum, I'm sorry, you deserve to go up the northern. You go to you go to you go to the county. You go to Aroostook County and you get buried up there for the rest of your life. That's the stupidest <laughs> thing I've ever heard. All right, thanks, Mike. Appreciate. Yeah, we'll send you up to Maine too, though. Yeah, <laughs> up there with the loggers there. Yeah, yeah, we'll drop you off by the moose somewhere near the, the pines. Like that's um, that's not that's not, no one's talking about breaking up the team. Like it's not that dire yes it is december basketball there is a long way to go before the postseason we're just noticing a couple of unfor you know a couple of unpleasant trends developing and also when you do go four out of five and you lose three straight to like really cruddy teams yeah that's a red flag yeah orlando beat you twice at home in one weekend <laughs> yeah you know what uh, i mean you had a home that doesn't and just home happen with orlando yeah. and you lost both and i you know what i kind of like orlando I, they got all these like seven footer you know what i mean like they had both the hans and franz wagner there and they had uh <laughs> um uh, bull bull and um i forget the other bomba and, and uh, mo bomba mo bomba yeah That's, right. all those guys are seven feet tall <laughs> they're they, all on the floor at the, the market on tall guys with great names <laughs> yeah they have they absolutely have uh one more call because he's been waiting patiently before we uh, switch gears to the patriots scotty's in new york go ahead scotty Happy holidays, gentlemen. You How too, Scotty. You as well. Uh, I agree with what you guys were saying earlier. I think a big part for the Celtics, even though well, they're just kind of in a mini wall right now, I think they'll snap themselves out of it. I think a veteran wing would be an int- would be a thing that the Celtics need to need to add. If there's one piece that this team needs, a guy, a James Posey type, like in 08, where you can take out uh, Tatum and Brown and not really lose a whole lot defensively, mm. but I think that if the Celt- the Celtics are just in a mini wall right now, but if they are looking championship aspirations, which I think we all agree they should be, that that could that's definitely a piece that I think they could definitely have to address. Yeah, Scotty, thanks for the call, and I don't disagree either. I think that uh, they have a log jam of point guard right now. They got four point guards; they don't need mm-hmm. that many, and they do have not big needs. I don't think that there's a huge need anywhere. But you are going to have to have someone that will give those guys a break who's not Grant Williams and who's not Sam Hauser. That's just sort of how I feel about it. Um, I don't know, James James Posey type? You could do the actual James Posey. He's probably around. So long as what's-his-name's still on the heat, James Posey can be on the Celtics. Um, oh, Haslam? Uh, yeah, Udonis, Udonis Haslam. Haslam. He's like Haslam? 65 years old. He's still on the heat. But he doesn't play. He's like he's a player coach. Isn't that sort of he what He keeps Al Jimmy Horford Butler away from the coach. Yeah, right? Remember there was like a fight and he like got him between them? He actually yep. saw a time against the Celtics. Haslam checked in. Haslam he tried, played? Yeah, he tried to guard Tatum and got beat right on the baseline. It was hysterical. Well, that's hard to imagine considering <laughs> he's you know has a walker when he's out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who, uh, who that guy might be, but I think that could certainly help this team if they're going to make a move uh that's probably what it would be all right 617-779-7937 
877-779-7937. That's your phone number. We got a quick break here. When we come back, we'll switch over to the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. There is uh, Mike Reese was on with Steve Burton. I don't know if that was this morning or, or yesterday. And uh, Burton's beside himself, first of all. Burton's a basket case. And Mike Reese is uh, really concerned about how fragile things look in that locker room. We'll get to all of that with your phone calls right after this. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.